Damn, what is up, internet friend? Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of Walking and Talking, which was originally recorded as a video. I'm transferring all of the series onto this podcast format because I think that this is a more flexible way to engage with this content. I like the idea of this audio accompanying you with your own visual field wherever you happen to be and whatever you happen to be doing, rather than tempting you to stare at a screen for hours on end. In some of these back episodes, you may hear some mic handling and wind noise, but the audio quality generally improves as the series progresses. Publishing, walking, and talking as a podcast does take additional time and money spent on my end, so if you appreciate this show and its ad-free status, please consider supporting it via Patreon at patreon.com slash benjaminbennett. Patreon is currently the only form of income that I receive for walking and talking, and I would prefer to keep the show free from any ads or sponsorship. I'm hoping to increase the frequency and intensity of these episodes, as well as start an additional series, and it's becoming clear to me that I'll need to start at least offsetting some of my expenses in order to do so. I have always lived with as few expenses as possible for both practical and ethical reasons. For almost two decades, I have dumpster-dived a significant portion of my food and other commodities because of how much I dislike waste. This is all just to say that any small amount you donate will go a very long way in making this work increasingly possible because I won't blow your money on beer and overpriced avocado toast. If you're on the fence about donating and have any questions about my financial situation, or anything else for that matter, just shoot me an email at sittingandsmiling, all one word, at gmail.com. Once again, that's sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. I aim for transparency. Once more, the URL is patreon.com slash benjaminbennett, and you can also find that link in the show notes. Now, with my deepest gratitude, regardless of what you decide, on to the show. Hey, my internet friends, it's walking and talking number 10. Do, 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 did you notice the, um, the performativeness with which I opened the video? Did it seem out of character? Do you, do you feel any uh, suspicion, slight sense of suspicion of me calling you my internet friend? I mean, there's a, there's a few of you, I mean, I know a few of you, we know each other personally, but many more of you I haven't met, but... I I do consider you a friend. At least right now, and that's what counts. I mean, the thing is, you're listening to me. And that's something that I really value. In a friendship. And I'm going to I'm going to talk to you in a way that that I hope is contributing something 
to your experience. in a positive way. I hope to benefit your well-being. Regardless of whether it seems difficult and hard to listen to or if it's engaging and you you feel feel your attention wrapped into the video. I feel some slight amount of pressure in my head, just a little bit. And as is usually the case, I can attribute physical discomfort to choices that I've made in the recent past. Namely, I think my choice to use chocolate, specifically cacao nibs, you know, unsweetened cacao nibs, but you know, also also some, some sweetened chocolate as well, as a stimulant uh, in order to to maintain a certain energy level throughout the past few days. One could say that I've been on a, a mild chocolate bender. Uh, fueled, yeah, mainly, mainly by cacao nibs, so it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem uh, super indulgent. But um, I think at some point I'm going to have to uh, have to detox. And um, I'll admit, I did, I did continue, I continued this, this, uh, what we could call a vice, this morning, and ate some cacao nibs, not a huge amount, but uh, in the anticipation of walking and talking, since I, I value this interaction, and I, I, I knew that I'd be interacting with a lot of people. I didn't think it was an appropriate time to detox from the stimulating effects of chocolate yet, which I imagine will just be um, some kind of period of feeling very low energy and a, and a headache or something like that. Maybe something like if, if you're a coffee drinker and you tried to stop drinking coffee. I don't drink coffee and occasionally, I occasionally drink some tea, but I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine, thus the chocolate having an effect on me. <clears throat> but I think I'm going to try, try and change this, the topic away from my personal life and uh, more towards talking, I suppose. It felt pleasant enough to be talking about chocolate, to be honest. And then when I said the last statement about changing the subject over, it's it it was like a it was kind of like a detox from from having concrete subject matter. 
having as if having concrete subject matter specifically chocolate uh, being the, the subject matter it's as if that is is uh, a vice or something and for for me to truly be engaging in the, the healthiest practices I, I should be avoiding these things and focusing on investigating the core apparatuses of my psyche and by by examining my thought process however unpleasant it may be or how what what uh, what un- unflattering traits of my personality it might reveal what uncomfortable self-conscious feelings may arise I feel I feel fairly interested in in what I just said I feel interested in the idea that just came out Because I, I never thought about it like that before. That I'm aware of. I feel... I, I Just now I felt, I felt visually stimulated by these uh, yellow and brown leaves on the ground. It jumped out to me. They're marking a difference, a change in the season. Is this is this concrete subject matter? It seems like a little bit. It seems like a little bit in that direction. It's not purely about thought. I feel uh, I feel glad to be doing this right now. I'm I'm remembering now the feeling that I had earlier in the day. Earlier in the day, I'm remembering that I was reading a lot. I was inside reading something that that I was interested in. And it's it stimulated thought, but but a part of me also felt that this reading was an indulgence. You know, it was it it could be considered a a um, it's an, a. It, it was a non-fiction book written very recently that that I suppose one could say does deal with serious subject matter uh, re- relevant to humankind 
and thus it stimulated a lot of thought. But there, even even in that, there I felt as a uh, kind of discomfort in viewing myself as as consuming media as opposed to actively actively engaging in thought I mean maybe maybe it's maybe it's not so cut and dry maybe the act of reading something that stimulates thought isn't so passive but I think that walking and talking here is is more active and less passive than that because when I'm walking and talking and even like what what like what just happened now like a few seconds ago I I run up against uh, waves of self-consciousness relating to what I'm saying and what I'm doing and the types of thoughts that I'm expressing and so I, I, I suppose it seems like a, a, a process that's that's gonna perhaps lead to a, a more uh, accelerated generation of thoughts than reading because of the way that the 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 self critiques continue continually arise not continuously but continually i i think the distinction there that uh continuous n- not continuous in that they uh persist uninterrupted but continually in that they they arise regularly and and knowing that I'm sharing these thoughts publicly puts some kind of pressure on me to ensure some kind of quality to them I hope that they're I hope that this is some form of contribution to the world. But even even that thought, I, I, I wonder I wonder if there may be some flaw present in in this way of thinking of of wanting to make a contribution to the world maybe not necessarily a flaw but I wonder if, if this is a cultural a culturally ingrained notion in me that I should be contributing to the world is is this a recent phenomena that is that's especially prevalent in my generation Is it something innately human? 
I, I guess... I suspect that it may not be... Hey! Look at... This... I feel... I feel a little angry now. Remember... Remember our friend, the reishi mushroom? That I was... I was holding off on harvesting? I was patiently... Patiently... <coughs> waiting for it... To... Complete its life cycle and sporulate before I harvested it. Well, somebody's, somebody's beat me to the chase and harvested it. This one and that one. I don't feel so bad because I, I believe it was in the last video that I did harvest the portion of the reishi mushroom that had been been rested free from its its uh, mycelial base or whatever. You know, it looked like somebody had maybe accidentally kicked it free, kicked it loose, so it was no longer growing. And so I harvested that one, and then the other part of it, I uh, was going to wait to harvest until it fully sporulated. But I believe that it did sporulate at least a decent amount before somebody got to it and maybe maybe what I'm feeling maybe I'm feeling uh, somewhat envious of the other person who harvested it it's it's funny it's funny I think that I I think that I have a tendency to to place a value on on foraged plants and mushrooms that may exceed their pure uh, utility by associating cultural capital with them, which I think is very real. That is that is if I that har harvest foraging food and medicinal mushrooms like the reishi <clears throat> may have maybe may the, the cultural capital of doing that may exceed their actual utility that is it may be actually more impressive to to talk about harvesting a reishi mushroom and to, and sharing it with somebody than than uh, the actual medicinal benefits of it warrant because it it uh, is a kind of specialized knowledge perhaps that uh, that demonstrates the the forager's connection with nature. and independence and resourcefulness <clears throat> so i think i think these are are uh, impressive qualities uh especially within a leftist sphere
but the you know the 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 actual the actual health benefits of the reishi mushroom are are, are pretty hard to quantify and the the demonstrable medicinal benefits um, are 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 not so clear in the context of a healthy person that is you're drinking reishi tea and you know it's supposed to be good for you generally but you're an already healthy person so you're not really going to notice anything that's what I think maybe I'm just insensitive maybe maybe I'm just not in tune with my body enough to notice the subtle health-giving qualities of the reishi tea well, I'm going to make some anyways, because I have some. But I think I, I think I just feel envious of the person that harvested that reishi, because I'm assuming that they're capitalizing on it culturally or monetarily by selling it. And maybe maybe this envy or or jealousy, like uh, it's probably pretty unwarranted, because I would probably also just capitalize on it culturally myself by uh, making reishi tea for somebody else that that comes over and then telling them about it. Anyhow, we can, we can let, it's water under the bridge. There's still a mild, a mild, very mild pressure in my head. I feel a little bit warm. I am uh, feel myself perspiring a little bit. It's a, even though it's a rainy day, it's pretty warm and humid. I, I guess uh, I, I'm saying this when I'm, when I'm describing these conditions to you, I'm also grasping for the opportunity to reroute this this monologue into into talking about the immediate present more immediately and not just about the external conditions but on a more subtle level that has to do with the thought processes going on and and the the subjectivity that seems to be the source 
of this monologue. It's interesting to me that uh, I'm getting away. I was I was about to say an interesting thought. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to restrain myself and abstain from the interesting thoughts. Don't give in to the temptation to indulge in interesting thoughts. Maybe later. Maybe I'll, I, can save that, I can save that thought as a treat for later. After I, you know, really get down to business here and talk about this talking. I, it's, happen, it's, it's happening. It doesn't feel really... It doesn't feel super acutely focused on what I'm saying right now. Although when I said those words, I felt a little more of my... I felt my focus becoming a little bit more acute when I said what I'm saying right now. I unfurrowed my brow. I... I observed when I I heard myself say the word brow and the way that my voice rose when I said it brow brow and I felt I felt a self-consciousness on upon repeating the word brow and 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 expressing my own Observation of hearing myself say the word brow and the self-consciousness, I think, uh, had to do with associating what I was saying with a kind of artsiness that I find, find unappealing. Artsiness or maybe, maybe artiness, but probably artsiness. There's there's a little bit there's a little bit distinction between artiness and artsiness, uh, artsiness you know with the s in there is more pejorative in my mind uh, because it's relation relationship to cutesiness or 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 crafts as in arts and crafts. And um, as a sort of uh, there's, I'm trying to think of a better word than than banality of 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 something that we would describe as artsy. Um, maybe maybe uh, facile. It's a good word. That's a, that's a pretty good word. But I felt, I felt uh, that feeling in association with saying... With, uh, with talking about... Um, when I said... When I investigated... 
me noticing myself saying the word brow and then repeating the way that I said brow like a few times <clears throat> and perhaps I judged that action as being, being a uh, slightly contrived attempt to <clears throat> to to like transcend everyday everyday reasoning and so then I felt critical of myself for having having this uh this already this already assumed agenda that I may have not been aware of as an agenda of wanting to wanting to um, do something out of the ordinary mode of normal speech uh, and to, to make it aberrant or special or unique in some way and yeah and when I think about that that feels a little misguided to me but the way that I'm speaking now feels a little more um, feels a little more unassuming straightforward and down to earth or something like that more pragmatic in a way Even though, even though I, I've definitely entered this uh, this realm of being extremely reflexive at this point, by this point in the video, that is, even if I'm speaking in a very straightforward uh, logical way. It's um, the, the the mere existence of of this incident in the past of of having perhaps effortfully um, attempted to to transcend normal everyday speech that exists like everything I'm saying now in, in effect can be traced back. To that utterance and it's it's almost if it uh, if it vulgarizes everything that I'm gonna say from now on um, 
or to to exp to put it another way I'm I'm very aware now of of the the unusefulness of what I'm saying or or the the fact that it's it's at this point it just is very removed from a normal a normal mode of communication that is like i've i've noticed i'm aware of this span of time having elapsed now in which everything i've said has has been reflexive and and referring to what just previously ha happened and i feel a little i feel a little self-conscious of that being a thing of of this reflexiveness being a thing that could be tiring but now, as i said that thing i it it feels feels interesting that even if this is uh this ongoing like reflexive uh, process that stays the same and 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 I can accuse it of becoming tiresome that even within that I, I can contain the critique of it within itself um, but but then then again I'm even having said that. I feel still a little self-critical of uh, having this, of, of this being a, cl a clever device or something. You know, of of uh, of just relying on the cleverness of this device, as opposed to having a type of content that that I could imagine to be more authentic or uh, heartfelt or something like that. I think um, it seems like I'm, I'm measuring I'm measuring everything um, based on authenticity and, and using authenticity as, as being a benchmark of, of success or, or a value that I'm striving to towards and uh, this this is always I think always a useful thing uh, to to be able to arrange rearrange a negative statement or a negative critique <clears throat> into a positive statement that is if I'm if I'm uh, stating what I perceive to be negative qualities of what I'm doing, it's useful I think to be able to rearrange that my my perception into uh, pointing out the positive aspects that I value and want to be present in what I'm doing. 
and uh, have to give give credit to give credit to um, my housemate Sam for uh, reminding me of this the other night. He's he's the person that you met in episode one. There's uh and then uh never mind I'm I I I I uh, noticed I noticed an external thing that I felt interested in but and uh, I was gonna point it out but then I just wanted to uh, just let it go it's it's uh, I I feel kind of saturated with external information sometimes but even even that seems like an idea that that I was given to me like the uh, the idea of of information saturation in this the information age is one that I can recall hearing other people say And if, if they hadn't said that, if I hadn't given me that idea, would I still, would I still judge the amount of information as being saturated, saturating? And uh, also, how do I, how do you even quantify information? Is it the number of words that you read or hear somebody say? Is it all is it all words? What about the images? Is it the number of moving pixels you see? And if you're if you're in the if you're in the quote unquote real life seeing things, isn't the inform- the sensory information just as uh doesn't ju- just as, as large and and uh voluminous? Like for instance when I'm looking at this canal here, the um, the resolution of the light that's entering my eyes is far greater than any YouTube video. So I could quantify this as being much more information rich than any YouTube video. But we talk about being information, this being a uh, information-rich environment with the internet. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you quantify that. Anyhow, I, uh, this word anyhow jumped into my head as, as being, uh, a, um, an indication that, that I'm, I'm judging the previous train of thought as having gone off on a tangent and anyhow being, uh, the, uh, indicator that now I'm returning to the original 
point that I was trying to make, or the original subject matter, uh, which in my mind is talking more directly about talking itself, but uh, as, as of course I recently mentioned, even that, that mechanism to me, if I think about it as, as such, uh, could be starting to, to wear thin. I mean, I'm continuing to talk, and I'm glad that I'm that I'm continuing to talk. I'm I uh, I'm valuing this experience right now. And I, f- I feel glad that I'm having it, and I don't really desire to be having it, anything else. I feel, I feel distracted right now by having walked past this arrangement. There's a cup of coffee, there's an opened can of sweet corn, and there's a bag of dark bark chocolate snacking thin. 80% dark chocolate and you you know from earlier in this video uh, my relationship to chocolate and you may understand uh, that there's a this temptation to uh, grab that chocolate back there but you 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 can observe now that I am <clears throat> Uh, I'm, I'm plainly walking away from the chocolate, exercising, exercising discipline. It doesn't feel too difficult. It's, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't actually feel a craving for that chocolate right now, to be honest. I think, uh, I think even because, because I'm doing this right now, because I'm walking and talking, Uh, it's it seems to be it seems to put me in a, uh, a a different mind frame than normal life, where in perhaps in in normal life I would be a little more impulsive. But also to be honest, um, the way that arrangement of stuff was sitting there <clears throat> makes me th- think that whoever the owner of it may return for it and I don't like to take things away from other people but I do like I definitely do like to utilize things that would otherwise be wasted and so um, I think if by the time I return along this path that chocolate was still there I would certainly take it and enjoy it Maybe share it with somebody else. Maybe not. And, uh... Yeah, I think I'm just going to, uh... Continue walking away from the chocolate now. And, uh... We'll see what happens by the time I get back. Maybe somebody else will have picked it up. I wonder if that corn... That sweet corn... If somebody's eating that... 
or if they were going to use it as bait, fish bait. I don't know. I don't know if sweet corn makes good fish bait. May has been sitting there since last night. It's, it's sprinkling slightly. And this is the first time it's rained during an episode of Walking and Talking, I believe. But what am I doing here? I'm, I'm, why do I keep describing to you these external things? Maybe I... Then even even when I said that, I felt kind of... I felt kind of silly. Um, like, this, this whole... Uh, this whole judgment of... Against... Against describing external... Phenomena... Um, and of of valuing um, focusing on my in, internal experience, uh, I felt really silly about that just then, uh, as if it seemed it seems um, I guess the word that comes to mind is pretentious or something, but um I kind of feel a need to clarify that a little because usually usually for me the word pretentious um, is is kind of a, a foil for a lot of hidden judgment um, um, so why why is it that on on one hand uh i express this uh this aversion towards talking about my external circumstances and preference for talking about my internal experience <clears throat> but then at the same time i feel I, I, I began to feel uh, embarrassed about that. And it, it, maybe it has to do maybe it has to do with um, oh here's looking at a couple of uh, turtles under the water. They just stuck their heads up. It feels really f refreshing to me to watch turtles floating in the water while it's raining. It makes me wish that I was swimming. Not necessarily in this water. I think uh, I think it has to do with uh, 
recognizing behaviors that I've repeated in the past uh, surfacing again in the present and wondering if I'm if I'm consciously consciously involved in in deciding to to behave this way or if I'm just acting unconsciously out of a pattern <clears throat> and but there may there may not be any real distinction between those things There's a loud scream over there. It was just one scream. It was pretty loud. It definitely sounded like a human woman screaming. Oh, I can see. I can see the person. I think. Uh, okay. I think she's okay. You can see her in the middle of the screen, in the screen. I think she's just screaming. Or she just, I think she just went somewhere to scream. I think, she, I think, uh, I think I'll go ahead and respect her privacy. But, um, my my suspicion is that uh, she sought out a relatively secluded place uh, just to be able to to scream and release release some 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 uh, kind of feelings or energy. Uh, which is something that I can uh, definitely empathize with. I think uh, walking and talking it doesn't exactly doesn't exactly feel like catharsis to me. No, I, I don't think so because it doesn't it doesn't really like peek uh, into uh, any kind of like physical or, or, or visceral. Um, expression like the uh, the arc of the energy level is is uh, usually not not a very um, wide range of energy it's, it's like fairly it's relatively consistent I mean it has its arcs but um, nothing like that of a, of an action movie or anything like that.
I'm remembering now talking recently about wondering if I'm if I'm just acting in accordance with my behavior patterns of the past or if I'm consciously involved in directing directing my behavior and I'm not really sure if there's a distinction because it could be the case that my my even my own consciousness is is shaped to by some extent by my um, by my behaviors in the past and and patterns and such and even even I think uh, having something that's recognizable as a consciousness or an identity um, may in fact be the result of a pattern uh, or like a, a feedback loop as uh, Douglas Hofstetter would put it. And so the, the question between of, of whether I'm behaving via pattern or consciously involved may um, be an unnecessary dichotomy it seems that uh, I have a desire to be consciously involved and to be exercising my own agency and be in charge of my life Um, it seems like in order to avoid suffering um, to to whatever extent it's possible requires uh, acting with agency or at least feeling like you're acting with agency You know, to uh, change your the situation of your life to one that results in less suffering. But where's where's the distinction between acting with agency and acting out of habit? Um, Maybe there's, maybe there is a habit that at certain times you view a habit as unhealthy, as causing suffering for yourself, but you continue to do it. And maybe, maybe in, maybe in the moment of, of reiterating that habit that um, you ordinarily consider as being unhealthy, maybe in that moment you you're, you feel as if, or at least you interpret 
your action as exercising your own agency and not as not just acting out of habit and then in other times when you reflect upon that action you may interpret it as having resulted out of habit I'm noticing my my volume of speaking is not very high it's relatively low and the rate is kind of slow and I'm, I notice the pressure in my head a little bit as my energy level is not as high as it could be but by it's, it's it's not really important to uh, to talk about what could be right now, um, because I mean, for, for me to uh, to consciously raise my energy level might involve, you know, like veering off this path and like finding a coffee shop and and drinking coffee or something like that, or Oh, or actually, you know, running back and picking up that chocolate and eating the chocolate or something like that. <clears throat> uh, so I suppose that those are options. But I, I'm definitely going to choose against them and choose to continue just walking on this path. And either accepting my energy the the way that it is or seeing if I can just through um, a conscious effort um, somehow some like consciously increase my energy level without any external substances I wonder if I can do it just by willpower alone like uh, I can start walking a little faster and then maybe maybe by this process of of willfully pushing my body a little slightly harder um, somehow my my body will uh, kick into an, a uh, higher higher state of metabolism or something like that and and I'll start talking a little with a little bit more energy, and maybe, maybe, the uh, pressure in my head will go away or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold my breath for that. But I am gonna keep trying to walk a little bit faster and uh, see what happens. There's definitely a, a, a distinct difference in my environment that uh, indicates the changing of the seasons. I, I felt uh, I felt oddly self-conscious of my choice of language. Hearing, hearing myself talk and 
judging judging my choice of language as 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 sounding somewhat educated or something. And it's true I'm somewhat educated. Maybe that maybe there's this there might be some kind of desire to to really just sound like a, a totally a totally normal person having speaking in in everyday parlance. See, I've done it again. In, in, in stating my desire to talk in everyday parlance, I use the word parlance. Which, which uh, you know, totally defeats that goal. I, I felt some humor in the in the, that last sentence. <clears throat> I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering if if the uh, the reflexive kind of like statement by statement progression of thoughts here it isn't a little bit uh, choppy or. Or, or unfocused in the way that um, by by continually by continually saying something about the last thing I said, it's it's not actually forming a, a long and continuous thought, but it it's keeps jumping from thought to thought rapidly. Even if there, even if there is a, a somewhat coherent progression from one thought to the next, nonetheless, it is moving from one thought to the next. If I if I keep bringing up a judgment or observation about the last thing that I said, but. Um, In in noticing, in noticing this thought, um, I'm thinking that I I I have actually com- completed uh, a somewhat longer uh, thought that was that had continuity for for at least a few seconds and it wasn't so choppy, and I'm. I'm now have I I'm now just started to like meta analyze that and it it doesn't feel uh I don't feel a discontinuity about that. It, it I feel a reasonable amount of continuity and I feel like even the thing that I'm saying right now <clears throat> is it does feel s- somehow contiguous with what I said maybe even like 40 seconds ago, maybe 45 seconds ago. And so that kind of uh, allays my fear. I think that's the right word, allays my fear of speaking in a, uh, a, a choppy 
uh, disorganized way. And is it is it possible for me to to continue af after like a slight pause like that and continue the feel of of con continuity? It seems like it. I, I think I, I think I notice a sense of continuity now, even after that break. And and even after that sh much shorter break that now that now that now that I'm talking has almost disappeared from from my consciousness it's like it's the the break is is now just a memory and probably wouldn't even be a significant memory except for the fact that I have continued to reference it in this sentence that I'm speaking now which that that's that sentence felt interesting to me and and felt like a, a kind of like there was some uh, discovery involved in speaking that sentence because like some somehow it seemed to like pull together pull together something from the past and and reveal it as, as the past as being the past and and to then then uh like somehow somehow transform the the past into the present in a way or or to uh it i i ha i have this 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 feeling about about a sentence that i said in like within the preceding minute or so about it being having a certain uh, elegance or um, acrobaticness to to it or something something like that about about uh, moving moving my consciousness from the past and 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 revealing the past to be the past while refocusing my consciousness on the present, I suppose. But um, now that I am continuing to talk about that sentence, it seems like it's ripe. There's a ripe opportunity now uh, to just let go, let go of that whole concept in order to uh, actually reiterate the aspect of that sentence that I did find beautiful in the first place which was its quality of redirecting my attention to the present um, and I, the current sentence um, I don't know if it has quite yet done that but you know just as I was saying that then that's when I think it happened for me uh, that <clears throat> yeah when I kind of somewhat paradoxically when I was saying that the current sentence was still referencing the past and not bringing me into the present. That's when my attention did move more acutely into the present, and so the it had had the effect that 
<clears throat> that I seem to be continuously finding reward in. And I, I, I'm remembering now how, how, how farther, how earlier in the video I seem to be having concerns about referencing external phenomena or referencing past events of my life or just surface level conditions and having more occurrences of self-consciousness ar arise. I'm remembering that and contrasting it with the, uh, the more immediate past <clears throat> in, in which uh, there are some things happening in my talking that I, f I found really interesting. And they, they seem to avoid unpleasant self-consciousness and avoid external phenomena, but also avoid a kind of contrived method of, of, of like willfully exalting my my activity beyond normal experience. Another way to put that would be that right now what I'm saying feels kind of uh, naturally exalted but and and I, I I feel a sense of I I think I think I feel some sense of exaltation right now. That is I I feel I I suppose I feel s some kind of difference about the present state than about what I what I conceive to be my normal state. But it doesn't feel like I'm I'm willfully bringing that about it it feels like like it's kind of just happening to me but at the same time at the same time what i'm saying and doing right now f feels completely natural uh In, in the sense that um, I'm kind of I'm kind of recognizing this reality that I'm in right now as as being just a normal one, but 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 somehow also in an exalted way. I'm I'm not sure quite how to how to express this, but I I wonder. If the feeling might be coming across to anyway, maybe not exactly in the content what I'm saying, but maybe maybe in the way that I'm saying it, 
maybe maybe s- something of this this feeling is getting transmitted <clears throat> like a, a f- feeling of feeling totally normal and 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 at home in the normal mundane reality but also maybe feeling some kind of sense of of relief or um relief i something different like a like some kind of freshness or uh freshness or or newness about this experience i uh, i stopped i stopped walking right just now and i've been looking at right at this tree trunk and um that optical illusion is occurring where the tree trunk looks like it's receding from me even though I'm standing still and of course the tree trunk is not actually moving in relation to me but having been walking continuously for a while and having my gaze on the path in front of me having stopped now uh, now is this that optical illusion that you might be familiar with where it it appears like it's receding and uh, I wonder actually if that occurred for you at all if you've if you've been actually watching this video continuously you know with your eyes on the screen continuously thought I saw some animal move here seems like it would be a good day to see some amphibians um i don't know maybe i maybe i don't feel exalted right now i don't know Maybe, maybe I just feel, maybe I just feel the, the plain old pain of existence right now. Um, but uh, maybe it's, maybe it's a matter of interpretation. Like, uh. Like I can still, I feel some, you know, I feel sensations in my body and I could interpret them as, as pain. Like, you know, the, the slight, the slight pressure in my head, the, uh, slight feeling of, of weight, the weight of my body. And then maybe like 
a very maybe there's a very slight tiredness in my legs but it it almost feels like an option to interpret it that way As if I have, as if I, I may have some amount of choice as to whether I, I suffer from those sensations or not. I mean, I can, I can imagine certain other sensations that I would have less choice in, you know, like if somebody were jabbing a sharp object into me or something I'd I uh, would probably immediately react to try and stop it or if, if I couldn't stop that then I would probably suffer from the pain of it so maybe maybe it's a matter of degree but I guess I'll, I'll say I can say that in my present experience, um, it seems like it seems like if I don't exert any effort or something like that, maybe there'd be maybe there'd be some possibility of 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 turning the physical sensations that I'm having into an experience of suffering. But uh, I, I feel like I don't have to do that right now. And I feel like I'm able to maintain uh, the mood that I'm in, um, which I don't know I don't know whether to describe it as positive or something more neutral. I'm also just uh now now I'm like putting putting my hand on my scalp like this I'm putting my fingertips on my scalp and uh just massaging it a little uh, I guess I'm just kind of enjoying this feeling and wonder if there's some chance that it that it might uh somehow alleviate this feeling of pressure in my head i don't really know but um it feels kind of pleasant just to do you know maybe i could maybe i could rationalize this by by saying that maybe by moving moving my scalp around like this it'll it'll stimulate blood flow and and alleviate this feeling of pressure I don't know I guess um, 
So I guess that was me. Uh, in in addition to exerting like a mental effort to to not experience my sensations as suffering, maybe I also exerted a, a, a physical attempt at something that might have some chance of uh, actually alleviating the sensation in question or getting uh, maybe if I say alleviate then that I'm then I'm ad- admitting a negative perception of it maybe I should just say that it would um, get rid of it or eliminate it which doesn't have any judgment attached nonetheless I I suppose that my ideal would be a physical state where no um, no major physical sensations are are making themselves apparent to me uh, which I can remember feeling that like that during much of the last video and uh, I remember trying to appreciate that rare state as much as possible this is the scenic part of walking and talking There's a blue heron. There's the dam. Being around all this water feels somehow somehow refreshing to me it's not that I'm actually getting wet but just being surrounded by wetness feels like a welcome thing I wouldn't mind it if it rained a little bit harder it's raining so slightly now that I can't, I can barely feel the raindrops. And I, I can see these aquatic plants here. And uh, the fish swimming around. And it's almost like the effect of having an aquarium or I. I suppose that having an aquarium is, is like bringing some of this effect into one's home. But, you know, I'm really... I'm really diverging here.
I'm just, um, I'm at, what I'm actually going to do is stand really close to the dam and uh, turn in circles. Because I, I really like the auditory effect for me. And uh, if you are listening in stereo, on stereo headphones or with stereo speakers, you can probably experience this too. And uh, I'm, I'm going to ex accelerate the effect by just spinning the camera around shortly. So if you're prone to getting dizzy, this might be a good time to look away from the monitor, but uh, if you're listening in stereo, it'll be a good time to listen closely to the, the uh, stereo effect. All right, here we go. I've wound up the string that's attached to the camera and now it's gonna spin. It's gonna spin out in a moment. So shortly. Alright, here we go. Alright, I hope that sounded cool. Maybe it would be all right to not talk for a while and just walk for a while. Maybe I'll try it and see what it feels like. It's actually pretty interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm not someone who's unaccustomed to silence, even for very long periods, but in the context of walking and talking, it, uh, it actually feels like slightly jarring. So I'm gonna do it a little bit more. I can actually feel myself consciously not talking. Here's here's some more and and see if you can see if you can consciously be aware of the absence of talking.
I'm continuing to be aware of you. I wonder if I wonder if you can feel that. I wonder if you can feel me continuing to be aware of of you and like um, the connection is still there for me, even in those moments when I wasn't talking. See, see if you can feel my awareness of you uh, when I'm not talking and uh, feel a certain connection between us without the talking. I think uh in the last in the last one I maybe <clears throat> maybe actually lost lost the awareness for a moment um or lost the connection and that I my mind started to drift off to thinking about um other stuff besides um our immediate interaction so I'm just going to try again here to uh to not talk for a little while and uh see if it feels to me like the the connection is is maintained and you can do the same if you want yeah this thus far i think it i think uh i think it felt maintained and I felt uh, a need to jump in and start talking again um, just to to like to end that silence with in a state that felt like a, a success for me and um, and just set up another one and maybe this will be a, a little bit longer silence and we'll we'll both see if in our experience it feels like there's some kind of connection being maintained. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think I felt some kind of connection maintained. I, I will admit, I did have, I did have some thoughts that, uh, that very much that were directly related to the silence, but then, uh, and this, the, the si- the silence, uh, inspired ideas in me, or it, it, uh, I had ideas about other applications of the silence and so I was I was imagining uh future things a little bit towards a little bit towards the end of that one and um that's that's okay I I don't necessarily 
I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe I will try again. And, and consciously try to, to um, keep keep my mind in a place where it's it's aware of the connection between you and me. Again. Okay, I'm gonna start over because that guy in the on the motorcycle was funny to me. All right, here, here we go. Yeah, I, I think um, I at least felt I at least continued to 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 be like aware of the of that silence and 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 at least thinking about um, about our shared experience of it. <clears throat> Here's here's a cool two-layered rock. Look at that. That's cool. I got to I got to put this rock somewhere. Putting it up there. It's it's funny that uh, it's funny that that now we can have these intentional silences in walking and talking. The whole, the whole premise of which is con- continue, continuous talking and no silence. But it's, it's kind of as if, if I've, it's kind of as if I've, I've talked enough and established, established talking as, as the basis that um, now I can introduce some intentional silences. Uh, just as 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 a continuation of the content of talking as as if they're not like so much silence as silence but uh but like silence as a part of talking and uh just using them as a feature of talking I wonder if that chocolate is still going to be there when I get back. You know, most most people, I think, won't uh, pick up food that they would see and on the sidewalk and eat it, even if you know it's perfectly in a package. A re- it's in a reclosable package that that was closed. 
but uh, according to the general taboo of it, or maybe they're maybe they're also like me and they wonder if perhaps the owner of the chocolate is going to return for it. In the, in the last silence ahead I, I, I wondered uh, I wondered what I would say next and, and that was associated with a, a very mild anxiety about about the quality of this video but then it, then then I kind of had the opposite feeling of of just relaxing myself and and not worrying about the quality of this video <clears throat> maybe that's that relaxation is is a product of having having done this enough times now that I feel confident that it that uh, it's gonna be okay in the end despite despite whatever worries I might have along the way I'm not sh the well what I was thinking about what I was thinking to say before before I started to say it was that I was going to say I'm not sure what to say next and I felt a, a slight annoyance associated with that thought uh, maybe maybe a slight annoyance of of feeling obligated to continue talking <clears throat> and um, I'm I recognize very plainly that the having the, the feeling of annoyance is I'm, I'm more prone to that if I am feeling a lower physical energy or pressure in my head and it feels it seems it seems really important to to be aware of how my physical state predisposes me towards certain emotions and then how those emotions in turn affect my thought process um, because especially in interacting with other people <clears throat> Um, it seems unfair to other people for me to to be unaware of how my physical state is affecting my my feelings and and then my and thus my thought process. It just seems like. Like that, that's going to hinder communication. And 
and like not contribute towards yeah just not contribute towards having successful communication of surrounding our shared reality because um, that's it's as if by being unaware of how my physical state is affecting my perceptions it's as if I'm I'm more trapped in in my own subjective reality but mistaking my subjective reality to for being the objective one and and not being able to empathize with the subjective reality of the other person and and not being able to have a sense of a shared reality I mean it, it's it's possible that the person I'm interacting with is feeling this same or similar uh, physical state and feelings and and so then might be maybe their thought process and perceptions would be affected in a similar way and so we would be agreeing upon our our realities and feeling a sense of shared shared reality but even that that almost seems like it would just be reinforcing um our mutual delusion of our subjective reality being the objective one and 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 uh because because it agrees with the other person's reality but both of us are unaware of how our physical states you know our our bodily sensations are affecting our perceptions maybe Maybe you've noticed in another person or noticed in yourself an inconsistency in how you perceive the world um, or in other words, moodiness. So maybe, maybe one day you have a very positive outlook on your own life and the world and then the next day you have a very negative outlook and it's as if it's as if your it's as if reality has changed but it's of course it's not objective reality that has changed it's it's just the your your perception has changed due to your your physical state you know your your maybe maybe your energy level you, you know your your rate of your rate of physiological arousal your your neurotransmitters being affected by your biological state
And so maybe you feel in a in a bad mood and you have a, a negative outlook upon yourself or or the world or people around you and uh, you might notice that you feel you felt differently the day before you felt the opposite way but in your negative state you you perceive your previous perception as being the false one and your present one to be true and uh, it's like there is subjective truth to that like you know I'm, I feel I feel like I've I've drifted in into into some some kind of uh, some kind of didactic role here that I don't uh, fe- don't feel is so useful. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm just thinking that what I'm describing here might be might be totally familiar to you, and and um, and, and nothing nothing new. And maybe you don't really need any reminder of this. Maybe. Or at least maybe what I've already said is is a reminder of enough and it would be it would be most useful to just continue on talking here without using this uh, subject as as a mechanism to fill space. A mechanism to to continue talking without actually being fully aware of my own bodily state and how it's influencing my own thought processes right now. Um, maybe it's it could even be possible that my physical state right now, that of having a, a, a slightly low energy level, uh, is making me more inclined to to use concrete subject matter as a kind of crutch in order to to move move through this process without um, actually confronting the confronting my my experience head on because it, it may be unpleasant in fact i i think i i could describe my physical state the 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 feeling of having a slight pressure in my head as being a little bit unpleasant earlier i was talking about having the choice to not suffer from it and i think there's there's still truth to that Maybe maybe it's possible to acknowledge this feeling as being unpleasant, but to not actually be suffering for from it. I'm not sure. Oh, this very strange and gross-looking unidentified object here.
I don't know what it is, but it kind of looks like uh, kind of looks like a dung of an animal that ate an another mammal, like a mouse or something. Like I mean, or like if a like a fox ate a mouse and then pooped it out, and there's hair there. It's like kind of looks like hairy, hairy dung. I'm gonna stop here soon and drink some water and that uh, should contribute something to my physical well-being. It's, uh, it's very humid and I'm sweating some. I, uh, I'm remembering how, how last night I was watching YouTube videos and I watched some that were very, that had a very high production value. And, um, starred a person seem to conform to um, standards of beauty um, to to such to such a, an extreme degree and to to be uh, um have have their appearance groomed, you know, makeup and such to to uh, to such a degree that it, it seemed as if they were uh, they were uh, making a caricature of of uh, of human perfection and and youthful beauty. And the uh, the high production values of this YouTube video exaggerated these characteristics a lot uh, to to the extent that I, I felt uncomfortable watching it. Um, and I'm not sure if. I, I think that discomfort um, relates to my my self self image and and my knowledge that I'm not using high production values in in the videography or um, in my personal grooming really. And, uh, but also, also drew discomfort to the, um, my physical appearance, um, aspects of which I can't really control. Some aspects I can control to a certain extent. And, um, but, 
other aspects I, I could I can't control short of um, getting plastic surgery cosmetic surgery and I I wondered about I wondered about the effects of, of viewing media that, that contain that, that feature uh, people who conform to uh, an ideal of youth and beauty and and this and those characteristics are accentuated by the, the production. And uh, I guess I guess that my general feeling is that that type of media is very alluring when you're watching it and stimulating when you're watching it, and, but then is uh, in the long run unhealthful. You know, for your own mental health and and. Uh, and and self-consciousness and um, the way that you feel about your own body and appearance and then so then I, I, I wondered if if by using a by by uh, producing a more naturalistic depiction of of my body in in the in the times when I do um, depict my body which is not which is rare in this video if there could be some kind of antidote to that but because my my own My, my own self-image or my, my judgment of my own appearance is 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 um, is negative in comparison to to people who are um, media icons of youthful beauty But when I'm when I am not involved in that world and not consuming that media, <clears throat> I I don't necessarily have such a negative self-image, a negative perception of my appearance. And in fact, while I mean, of course, when I'm engaged in something like walking and talking, 
and uh, and and also maybe to some extent with uh, with sitting and smiling um, when I'm engaged in in making these videos. The uh, I'm I'm generally just not thinking about my appearance so much. Actually, that's not true. That's not really true. I guess I am thinking about my appearance, but um, maybe there's there's less there's less evaluating my appearance going on. I don't think it's I don't think it's ever uh totally absent though. In fact, I'd be surprised if there's even been really a day of of my of my adult life and and in, including probably including my adolescent life and probably much of childhood where uh, I don't have some, some some sort of evaluation of my appearance which is probably usually negative but uh, I will say that it's it's not something that that plagues me But I'm just saying this to, to, because I wonder if this experience resonates with yours. And I wonder what it will be like to uh, to have to age a lot and have my body deteriorate. And I wonder if I'll envy youth. Walking up this hill, I feel more aware of um, the heaviness of my body. And uh, a little bit more aware of the pressure in my head. But I'm going to try and walk a little faster. Anyways... My evaluation of this video right now, <clears throat> or this part of the video, is of it having a lull in energy and interesting content.
I, I suppose that means that, um, I suppose that means I'm, that I'm thinking about the past parts of this video and other videos and, and judging them as being more interesting. Here's some mullen. I think we talked about this plant already in a previous video. And, but, so I, I guess I won't, I guess I won't, uh, talk about mullen right now mullen the plant it's if you if you're curious about it it's spelled m u l l e i n here's here's a Here's a tower that holds up power lines, and here's a sign on the tower that says, high voltage above, do not climb, and it shows a symbol of a person falling with a, a bolt of electricity going towards them. I'll show you close up. I'm going to obey the sign. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna... maybe let the energy level and the rate of this this part of walking and talking be as it is I mean that is to say more accurately that I'm accepting it as it is <clears throat> what's this that's oh, like a, a mocker nut hickory or a bitter nut hickory nut or something Whoa, wait. Oh, cool. This hickory nut is cracked open, revealing the nut meat. Let's see if I can open it all the way. Oh, it's got some I think, yeah, I think there's been some worms in here. But you can see how this nut meat looks a little bit like a pecan. Hickory nuts taste a lot like pecans. I'm, I'm actually surprised at how large the nut meat was in that nut.
yeah, my energy level feels feels uh, kind of low. And uh, normally, normally I I see that as a problem. Um, because because generally I want these videos to be engaging and maybe maybe even stimulating but um, you know now that I think about it maybe maybe they don't necessarily need to be stimulating or engaging because You know, if if I'm if I'm being stimulated by chocolate, and eventually it re results in a crash of some sort, and you know I'm experiencing a little bit of that right now, and so if I if I keep stimulating you with stimulating walking and talking videos, I wonder if it could have the same effect. So maybe maybe it's okay to to not stimulate your energy level right now. And to not develop in you any kind of dependence on media. But that's that's almost like saying well, I don't know. I could ex extend that to any any sort of positive quality that this video might have. And say that by providing that positive quality through this video, maybe I'm developing in the viewers... Um, A dependency on on these videos for whatever for whatever quality or whatever need that that might be fulfilling and and thus um, that's weakening your ability to uh, fulfill that need um, in a more self-sufficient way. Um, but if that... If that uh, is true, then logically there wouldn't be a reason to make any video. You know? Like... I, I fail to see... I guess I, I guess I'm failing to see uh, a reason for making a video that is intentionally lacking in in every positive quality that I can think of.
but in in some ways that could be what I'm doing as in I am I am intentionally making a type of YouTube video that is markedly lacking in all the qualities of YouTube videos that are uh, generally associated with uh, successful or popular media. This smells, this plant smells really good. And I'm not sure what plant it is. But I've noticed it's good smellingness before. I feel, in a way, I feel a relief to not know the name of this plant. Because that way I don't have the option <clears throat> to capitalize on the cultural cultural capital of of knowing the f of knowing the fact of of the name of this plant i can't impress you by knowing the name of this plant i can just tell you that the smell of it is very pleasing to me and knowing the name of this plant i don't think would change how it smells it wouldn't change the usefulness of it of for me nor for you i don't think cuz you can just look you can look at the at the video and see what the plant looks like and if it grows if it happens to grow where you are Maybe you'll, maybe you'll recognize it, but nonetheless, you can smell whatever plants are around you if you want. And if they smell good to you, then good. I could, I could tell you the name of this plant. I know the name of this plant. I don't know if I want to tell you though. Honestly, I, I I don't know if knowing the name of this plant has ever helped me any in any practical way. Other than it's cultural the cultural capital of knowing the name and impressing somebody by knowing, by having having knowledge. I think I had I think I've used this plant once. I ate I've I think I've eaten the root of this plant once. But to be honest in in this context I I don't really like I don't really feel like the the effort of digging up this plant feels feels worth the the experience of eating the root of it right now I don't know maybe it would be maybe maybe uh, maybe just 
the effort involved in digging it up and the 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 sensory tactile experience of doing that would contribute to the experience of eating the root in a way that would uh, contribute a certain wholesomeness to my experience while eating it. Um, I guess I do find that to be the case with foraging often. So I don't know. I guess I guess I'll tell you in case you're interested. It's called evening primrose. I just I just had to rationalize a little bit before I told you that. I had to rationalize whether whether knowing the name of the plant <clears throat> might have actual actual utility for you and actually increase your happiness or uh, I wondered if by displaying to you that the, the knowledge about this plant that I have if it would invoke in you a sense of inferiority of not having that knowledge and and whatever whatever other uh, like cultural implications there might be around knowing, having this knowledge. But I, I suppose, I suppose that that if, if by displaying this knowledge I did invoke in you a sense of inferiority or 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 another way to put it if you if you felt a sense of admiration for this knowledge um, meaning that you that you uh, ascribe a value to that knowledge then now the knowledge is yours the name of the plant evening primrose and if you if you feel a need to further internalize that knowledge you can you can look up evening primrose on wikipedia or whatever or that one botany website um, and then and then you can you know get a picture of it in your mind and then maybe you'll come across it in your life some sometime and then when you recognize it in your life that'll further cement this knowledge in you and internalize it and uh, then you'll be you'll you'll be in full possession of this knowledge to which you attribute some value and you yourself can then um, capitalize on its on its um, cultural implications
I had the thought I had the thought that I feel hungry, but then when I investigated that, I I don't know if I actually feel hungry or uh, or if I just feel really low energy. I walked over here to investigate this plant that I thought might be wild buckwheat, this dried fine, but I don't think it is. It's this other plant that has this triangle, triangular leaf, and it has, ow, it's really spiny and pokey. It has these berries that are turning blue. Will, will some foraging es expert bestow upon me the knowledge of the name of this plant so that I might increase my store of cultural capital. And if such that if, if ever a day comes when I'm walking around um, walking around the woods <clears throat> with uh, a woman who I feel attracted to, that I, such that I might impress her with my vast store of, we can we can call it, of, we we can even we can even call it subcultural capital in the form of plant knowledge. When I, when I, when I proposed the preceding scenario, I, I think I felt a uh, increased appreciation for my present scenario. I'll just leave it at that. I think I feel uh, in this these surroundings an alleviation of uh, certain anxieties that I might feel uh, if I were just in my home. Not not a not a total not a total relief of every anxiety but some of them
I don't know how well you can see it, but this plant called Devil's Walking Stick is really growing really tall. It's almost like a tree. I mean, it's basically a small tree. I think that might have grown all this year, one all in one year. The sky is a little bit darker and I, I'm hearing a, a little bit of a rustling in the trees, hearing the wind rustle the leaves, which makes me feel a little bit hopeful that it might rain a little harder and cool it off, cool off the temperature. Here, here I am, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just skimming here on the surface level of things. I have a desire to, to dig in deeper into my subjective experience. I feel like I there's other other thoughts are coming along here that I didn't say because I felt self-conscious about about them being a repetition of thought process that I've had already in walking and talking But even even this that I just even that that I said I I know I've done that before I've done that same action before very very much I think this the same same mechanisms are repeating a lot but it's never never exactly the same. I have a slight concern of, of not being not being fully in it not being not not uh not performing at the best level but man I I don't know if I ever have been I don't know if there I don't know if it's actually ever possible to to be at at an ideal I have I have I I have memories or I don't know how accurate the memories are of of performing at, at a level that I deemed to be ideal in the past but I, I don't know um, I wonder if these incidents aren't idealized in my mind Always there's always there's still a, some problem present.
I uh, just just now I just now uh, in this silence, my uh, my thoughts drifted very far off. Um, very, they in fact drifted very far away from walking and talking, and I was I was just thinking about um, about uh, somewhat unrelated events in the future. Uh, I mean they they are kind of related and um there was there was a linking thought between uh the present walking and talking and then this more abstract thought about the future but uh I found myself thinking uh thinking about pragmatic concerns that are quite remote from what's happening right now. To a, perhaps to a degree that's uncommon in within the framework of walking and talking. This, during this gap, I've been thinking about what to say. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it's okay to have a kind of gap where I'm thinking about what to say. I guess, not really though, because, because in the gap, I never actually arrive at the right thing to say. You know, when I come back in, it's just like, I'm just saying something, and it doesn't have a special significance. I, but I think I'm, I think I'm noticing my, uh, my tone now, to, to be slightly, slightly negatively affected. To, to be, expressing. A vague. Um, a vague downtroddenness. And um, I'm sure that that is related. I'm sure that's related to my my relatively low energy level. Um, but <clears throat> I just I want us to stay completely in touch with the way that my body feels right now, so that I, I'm not having this low energy level. Uh, Affecting my thought process in a way that I'm not aware of. I suppose, but at the same time, I, I don't want to just be uh, concentrating so heavily on, on these physical sensations. That, that uh, uh, my, my thought process becomes like constipated or... Uh, too too narrowly like limited there's um the this 
this walk, this episode of Walking and Talking probably overall has uh, a certain uh, constructive constructiveness for me personally, merely in the fact that um, I've, I've geographically isolated myself from the sorts of stimuli that I might otherwise be tempted to turn to um, to evade experiencing the unpleasant physical sensations, but uh, which would over the over the long haul would just kind of uh, put off the unpleasant experience or possibly even exacerbate it by the negative side effects or not even side effects but just effects of whatever stimuli that I chose to either alter my physical state physical uh, physiological state mental state or distract myself from it um, so for example I could eat more chocolate um, or something sweet um to perhaps temporarily alleviate slash distract myself from um, feeling pressure in my head, or um, I could I could watch internet media, consume internet media in order to distract myself from it. But it could be the case that um, continuing to and indulge those impulses might exacerbate this feeling in the long run. I'm going to drink some water now. trying to I'm trying to um, accept and feel okay about the the prospect of this video being of a low energy level and uh, not be not be afraid of it being boring and of course of course boring Boring is a, is a judgment that that diverts attention away from our subjective experience by by creating, I think, a a, a, a false idea of an external thing as having this inherent quality of being boring. And so, as such, I don't exa exactly feel a pressure now to uh, 
to really like pick up my rate of talking or to totally avoid the gaps. But I also don't, I also recognize that, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't escape this bodily feeling by just by talking really slow or not talking at all or walking really slow or even like, like sitting down and resting. I think I'd, I'd feel very uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, I, I would feel, I would feel uncomfortable because I would not be, I would not be making this video. I mean, especially if I was sitting down and resting or like falling asleep or something. I have, I have no interest in, in making a video that includes myself sleeping. I don't think, at least not now. There's a silence there, and it's it's like I am feeling I'm not feeling uh, a very uh, f fast flow of ideas here, uh, or a vast flow of thought. Or speech that might and and so this might create a tendency towards silence but then um, in even in the silence there's it's not as if I'm actually resting mentally in any way because in this in the silence I'm I just feel an increasing urgency and needing to say something to, you know, continue generating content here. My perception of of this video so far, uh, especially of the uh, the arc of it, is of having. Um, having discovered some things that seemed very interesting in uh, in the first half of the video especially um, especially after the first half hour or so um, but then in the um, in the second half of the video maybe even starting before that <clears throat> um, not having not having not not feeling any sense of discovery in what I've been saying which s seems like uh, 
seems... I suppose I would prefer all things being equal to have a sense of discovery. There's this chipmunk keeps running out into the middle of the trail. Two of them. At least two chipmunks. They're not visible now. But they keep running out into the trail and then when a biker goes past they run away. But they hold really still in between movements. It's like they're either perfectly still or they're darting very quickly. That's something that I enjoy. That's something I enjoy about chipmunks and squirrels. I feel, um, still feel a sense of uh, a slight sense of disappointment in in my performance in this video but um that that feeling sits within a certain trust in the process and um a commitment to to carrying out the process in a way that's um that's that's uh regardless of my physical state although um i don't have uh, a strict schedule of when i make these videos so if i were really feeling uh very low energy then i'd probably be less likely likely to make the the video Because I, I suppose that, you know, on, on one hand, I'm trying to exercise a certain kind of objective rigor in, in continuing to, to walk and talk and um, and to express whatever feelings. I have and and to acknowledge whatever uh bodily sensations I might have <clears throat> and and to uh try to be somewhat e equanimous about my experience and to allow for myself to to feel unpleasant feelings and to trust that the uh it's perfectly acceptable for for this process to include those th things. Um, on the other hand, I uh, I don't wish to make a video in which in in which I feel totally totally out of control of my emotions and thoughts. Um, 
just because that's, um, well, it's, it would be a very unpleasant experience for me, um, assuming that this is a kind of out of control where I might, where I feel like I'm, uh, spiraling into a, a cycle of negativity or something like that. But also, and also that, um, having that experience and, and, uh, recording it and publishing it might have, um, effects on you, negative effects on you, possibly. I don't know. I, I wonder if it, uh, I wonder if it would be possible for it to, to also, uh, have, have, have beneficial or educational aspects to it, to, to be able to witness a person going into a negative spiral of thought and, and emotion. And just over, over the course of four hours, uh, see how it plays out and, uh, perhaps learn something about, about emotion and, and self-control and, and, and such. But I think that if I were feeling, if I were feeling, um, especially emotionally unstable one day, then I, I might, uh, I probably would be inclined not to make a walking and talking video and, and instead, uh, administer some kind of self-care. <clears throat> Seems seems like the wise thing to do. Though, like, part of me now feels a little curious uh, as to what what I might find out if I was feeling, you know, very uh, like physically agitated and emotionally unstable. If I did, in fact, go ahead and do a full walking and talking video in that state and um, with the, the full likelihood that I'd spiral into negativity, um, you know, that likelihood being increased by this, this practice of talking uh, with you know, no, no stimulus to distract me for an extended period of time, you know, it's being essentially alone with my thoughts for an extended period of time. <clears throat> Part of me feels curious if I, uh, allowed, uh, a negative spiral like that to, to just uh, occur full on within this framework. what it would be like because um yes it would be a, i imagine it to be um an extremely unpleasant experience in another sense uh it's it seems like it might be a contained kind of experience And, like, 
you know, like out out here walking. It's not like I would I would be um, making any kind of interactions that are that are harmful, uh, except potentially the the uh, interaction with you, you the internet viewer. Uh, if I if I did indeed publish it, but you know, since since this isn't a live video, I'd have the option to not publish it if I felt like I was going to be harmful. And uh, I guess uh, I, I guess I see the possibility that. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, this. Maybe I could have a negative spiral, but at some point, um, at some point, it would stop. Like, like I don't think I would go infinitely down into the abyss. And at some point, I'd I would turn around. Look, here's I love this this thing. This is like just a bunch of vines over here that have naturally, like, just naturally turned into, like, kind of a shelter. Like, if it were raining, I could lie down under there and maybe sleep and, like, stay relatively dry. And it's just, like, naturally occurred from vines growing on there and leaves accumulating. It's, you know, it's like a natural lean-to. And uh, if if I, <clears throat> you know, it's like allowing allowing a a spiral into the abyss to just occur with uh, nothing to mitigate it. Uh, could perhaps be a beneficial experience in the long run. I I wonder maybe. You know, it seems like some people, some t people, actually uh, purposely induce such experiences by uh, using like, like ayahuasca or something. Like, uh, if I read about uh, people taking ayahuasca, it's, it sounds like it sounds like it's a horrific experience. At least, at least sometimes. Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, something of unimaginable pain. And then, but then they learn something from it and emerge from it feeling, feeling refreshed and having some kind of new lease on life. I mean, at least that's what they feel like. I, I don't know how, how well that, I don't know how much that becomes integrated into their actual life or if it's just like a matter of their subjective experience but their daily behavior continues uh, unaffected but through a, through a different perspective I don't know you know I'm 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 postulating this uh, hypothetical scenario 
<clears throat> but uh, I, I don't think I'd actually seek out um, ha being emotionally unstable in the first place. You know, I'm, I'm going. I'm generally. I generally try to practice self-care to the extent that uh, I maintain some level of emotional stability and uh, I think I prefer it that way but uh, I suppose it's just to say that if I, if I do someday find myself in a place of of, of uh, agitation and emotional instability um, which I've certainly found myself in that state many times in the past um, it might be interesting to, to just uh, face it head on in a contained framework like walking and talking but it, here, here I've been for several minutes now um, talking about a hypothetical idea and, and not, actually, not actually talking about the present reality, which, you know, I guess I, I, guess I got there from talking about my present experience, but it, it went off the tracks in a, in a, a hypothetical idea. And so I feel I, I'm, I could be missing an opportunity here to actually be learning something from my present experience, which is in some way the only experience that I have in a manner of speaking. I'm at this, I'm at a point in the trail, you know, on my way back, where usually in the walking and talking videos, I don't arrive at this point in the trail until, until it's very close to the end. Um, and I, I guess maybe that means I, I turned around sooner in my in my walk but um, it's funny because uh, walking in this place in this direction now um, has certain cues for me um, that I associate with being almost done but I'm not almost done I still have quite a ways to go so I have to uh, fight against these cues uh, dictating, you know, ha having an effect on my energy level or the, the, the arc of, of my monologue. Because I don't want to uh, get into the 
mindset of of ending imminently. The batteries are still going strong. Oh, you know what though? You know what this means? Um, if I'm if I'm getting closer to my point of origin a little bit earlier in in this uh, in this video, that's all the sooner that I return to the place on the boardwalk where the chocolate was and I can find out if it's still there or not. And um, if it is still there, I, I most certainly am going to eat some of it. And uh, now, I'm, now I'm looking forward to this prospect, but there's, uh, there's a great uncertainty as to whether it will be there or not. There's this, there's this distinct possibility that the owner of the chocolate returned to retrieve it, or that uh, a landscape maintenance employee passed by and um, threw it away, or, you know, maybe ate, ate it themselves. Or that some some other opportunistic person took advantage of the chocolate. There's a train passing on either side of me. Here's, uh, here's a pack of cigarettes with lot, lots of cigarettes in them. Fortunately for me, I never developed any habit of smoking. And so that pack of cigarettes presents uh, no temptation to me whatsoever. I've never had a, a positive association with smoking a cigarette. And I feel very fortunate for that. That, that, uh, that whole thing got me thinking about addiction and, and vice and karma. Just like um, how I feel fortunate that I've, you know, never, never really smoked cigarettes. And so the, uh, you know, the, the negative, I, I could be, I can be, oh, aware of the negative aspects of smoking and not feel any any uh, desire to smoke them you know never 
I never felt the uh, the physiological pull of the nicotine. And I imagine I imagine that with a lot of people like I imagine that with a lot of people like feeling addicted to anything there's there's an unhappiness associated with it. Like, you know, I I I imagine that the 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 psychological effect uh, the immediate psychological effect of smoking a cigarette this must be calming to people and must feel good but then um, the overall a feeling I imagine contributes some psychological distress with the knowledge that you're doing something that is deleterious to your health and so it seems I imagine it to be a kind of suffering that's difficult to escape Maybe it's not that way with everyone. But then, you know, then I thought about, I thought about my uh, relationship to chocolate and uh, how in the past few days I've I've uh I've almost used chocolate just to to s- sustain a a baseline energy level. And uh and so I I, I wondered uh what would it be like to to have have never developed that kind of habit surrounding chocolate and to to um to feel free of that that uh, variety of dependency and, and thinking about 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 why why addiction exists it's as it's as if certain people just come come into come into a form of equilibrium that includes a certain substance and in order to in order to remove that substance from their state of equilibrium you have to you have to stop and then and you have to really experience being in a state of disequilibrium for some amount of time in order to adjust back to to feeling a form of equilibrium that um doesn't that does not include that substance but then you know but then the difficulty becomes that if that, if that substance 
was was keeping you in a state of equilibrium and then you go through this difficult adjustment and finally get back to equilibrium without that substance there's still an appeal to that substance and that um, if you used it now while you're in equilibrium you would be you would be you would feel really a positive benefits of it you know you would feel like uh you'd feel better than just baseline happiness or or whatever it is that that substance contributes to you it would raise you above equilibrium so i i wonder i kind of wonder I wonder if if addictions really ever ever totally go away. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe some people fully recover from addiction. I think I think some people do. I think it is possible. Um And it's it, it kind of seems like, um, like maybe the, the the variety of equilibrium that you can experience without any like uh, powerful substances, you know, um, because it's, and I, I have to I have to add that it's it's not entirely possible to make a a, a real distinction between. And addi- something that's addictive and something that's uh, just a, like necessary in life. For instance, I could just say that I'm addicted to food, and that I have to continue eating food to have equilibrium. You know, everybody, uh, everybody relies on some external substance uh, to to remain just to re- remain alive and healthy, and and that. That includes food and water, and then you know, other other things are like questionable, like chocolate. Is that a substance? Is that a mood-altering substance? Yeah, it has has an effect on on your physiological state and, and your mood. <clears throat> but is it is it harmful to in, include that? in your equilibrium finding strategy that's uh maybe that's maybe that's the question maybe that's the essential question to ask about any substance or behavior that you can you can ask about anything is it is it harmful for me to include this substance or this behavior in my equilibrium finding strategies or another question to ask is would the would the equilibrium that i might be able to experience without this substance or behavior be a, a greater equilibrium or a more stable equilibrium or a, a more beneficial equilibrium than 
what I can achieve with it. And uh, that's, of, of course, a, a pretty debatable and subjective question. Like, you know, you can think of a whole range of human experience and, and question uh, whether it's a natural a natural part of life and healthy or uh, is it unhealthy or are you depending on it or something who knows like uh, like sex for instance like it seems like most most people agree that it is healthy to have sex uh, but is there a point at which it becomes unhealthy or uh, a manner in which it might be practiced that could be unhealthy seems seems quite possible but yeah and then the whole the whole question of of what what is healthy what it means to be healthy or not uh, or what it means to be happy or not uh, is highly subjective And uh, as you might be familiar with, I'm I'm someone who thinks of things in terms of emotional topographies. As some people might have a more flat topography that uh, I would I would equate with <clears throat> a pretty steady a steady um, mood and. Uh, not engaging in, in a lot of like highly, highly, highly pleasurable or stimulating experiences, uh, but then you know not having a lot of um, very negative, unpleasant feelings. You know, not up and down very much. But then some other people might have a more jagged topography in which they experience more highs and lows. And uh, I can't really pass any... I don't think I can pass any judgment. I can... I can look after myself... and, And follow my own desires... And needs to to maintain to try try and maintain whatever emotional topography uh, seems desirable to me with some some realistic expectations that is for for instance I don't think it's possible to for me to have an emotional topography that is um, like exponentially positive you know just like like continuously getting happier and happier at an increasing accelerating rate without ever returning back to zero I don't imagine that to be possible so for me it seems to be a question of uh, choosing between a relatively flat topography or a, or a more jagged one and uh, I'll admit I don't always 
I don't always go with the flat one, you know? I might sometimes purposely choose to do something that uh, might increase my happiness in the meantime, knowing full well that at some point I'll feel uh, I'll, I'll feel unhappy again and have to have some kind of returning to zero. And that's, you know, that could be illustrated in my, my choice to eat chocolate sometimes. And I, I think that I, I'll choose to eat chocolate sometimes in, in order to boost my energy level, in order to perform some certain thing. Uh... Think, thinking that it will be beneficial for that, and then uh, that I should, and then I'll I, I can experience the uh, the lack of energy later on when I'm doing something less important or something. But unfortunately, it seems to be that almost every every moment is seems important. Like it's it's not uh, not good to operate on a deficit. That is like if if you're using if you're using anything something external to boost boost your energy level. Um, it's like the farther away you get from zero, um, the the stronger the gravity of zero becomes, and the less stable you become. And uh, the less able, the less control you'll be able to have over when that return to zero or 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 detoxing or uh negative emotion is is gonna come like if if you if you use a drug and it feels really good when that feeling is over you're gonna feel the lack of of you're going to feel the opposite of whatever good you felt. <clears throat> um, and that's going to feel bad. It's going to feel negative. And so if you want to actually feel neutral, then you have to take that drug again. But then you're taking the drug, but you don't feel positive. You feel negative or you feel just neutral taking the drug now. It, it's It's as if... It's as if the drug is a kind of platform above equilibrium and you've walked up some stairs and, and you have to keep building this platform by taking the drug to keep from falling back to equilibrium. 
Uh, but if if you actually get attached to the the good feeling, the positive feeling that you felt when you first took the drug, then you're going to have to use more of that drug to feel that positive feeling. But the more you use, and the 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 more you use the drug in order to feel the positive feeling, the f the farther away from equilibrium you're going to get. Uh, it's like you're building a platform on top of the platform that you already built, and so you're farther, you're higher off the ground now. And so, the higher that you go, the you know, the more impactful the fall is going to be. Also, the like, the more un the higher you go, the more unstable those platforms are, and you're going to have less control over when you fall. I mean, I'm I'm definitely thinking about this in in terms of like, I'm thinking about it in terms of drugs. Especially like like party drugs or hard drugs. But, you know, anything that, that, like, that like strongly alters your, your mood, it, it could apply. And if you, it could, it could even be applied to um, other things. Like, uh, yeah, like be behaviors or other experiences or, or media. I found a dime and this cool uh, clip thing. Oh, I just, I dropped the dime right as I said that. I tried to put it in my pocket and it dropped, it dropped through the cracks into the canal. Now it's... Now it's property of the turtles, who uh, <clears throat> don't really ascribe any value to our currency. They they don't uh, turtles don't participate in our our uh, consensed upon. Uh, value of money but I found this clasp thing I don't know if I really want it though yeah I guess I'll take it and put it in my my junk drawer of tiny things like this of of miscellaneous nature that might be useful someday <clears throat> but uh i i also question uh to to what extent should i go 
in, in, in applying this idea to everything in my life. Like, does it mean that I should never engage in anything that's pleasurable? Well, I, I've never, I've never been able to, uh, to get through life without experiencing some pleasure, without, without, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's, if it's me consciously deciding to do something that's pleasurable, or, uh, or if I'm behaving out of habit and it's not, there's really not, there's definitely no clear distinction. Like there's a cake in front of you, do you eat the cake or not? If you eat the cake, did you, did you choose to do the cake or, or did you make an unhealthy decision based on habit? Uh, were you controlled by the cake? Were you controlled by your desire to eat the cake? Is it, is it always unhealthy to experience pleasure? Could there be health benefits in indulging in something pleasurable like that? If, even if the uh, cake is, uh, is uh, justifiably or like physiologically or physically technically unhealthy to eat because it doesn't contain a lot of nutrition and but contains a lot of uh, sugar and hydrogenated oil or something. All right, we're we're back after a, a momentary uh, lapse uh, where I didn't notice the batteries had run out. It's just momentary, not very long. Um, and uh, I've, I've been talking about um, how how far should we go in in applying. Uh, the, the notion of healthy behavior to our lives because it's not always clear like in the example of eating cake um, science would tell us that science and, and, and uh, nutrition would tell us that uh, cake is not a health food but maybe maybe the occasional cake eating um, would produce pleasure and and the pleasure could be somehow beneficial to our overall health or uh, if it in a social situation uh, the social bonding experience of eating cake together would have overall beneficial effects. Um, it's it's really unclear, and and also, it it may be just unuseful now to even apply um, to even look at everything through this this uh, this completely uh, rational metric of of how healthy it is because at at some point um, <clears throat> if if you never get to experience pleasure 
for the sake of being perfectly healthy, then then you're in a state that you're probably in a state of disequilibrium. But I I suppose what's I suppose I suppose the measure of of health is being able to maintain equilibrium by means that are sustainable over a long period and don't have n- negative effects like having good f- uh family relationships seems like a, a sustainable source of of positive feelings um i suppose but then i wonder i wonder sometimes i wonder what that might be dependent on Th- things that we might might not notice all the time like if your if your positive familial relationships might if 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 that's somehow dependent on like a lot of wealth um then it it seems likely that there 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 may be some form of exploitation happening uh indirectly um if this um you know like what are the sources of this wealth and is it having a deleterious effect elsewhere or maybe uh i i think we we imagine uh something like meditation as as being a healthy sustainable practice of maintaining emotional equilibrium mental equilibrium but is is there a point where uh is is there a point when that becomes healthy un- unhealthy uh if we're if we're a total meditating monk and uh and and don't interact with the world in any other way i don't know um this this uh i f- i feel like i've i've gone off in into into a pretty un- unuseful area of uh of pontificating here and um i just want to bring the attention back to the current situation which um in my mind there's a a moment of truth as quickly approaching where i'm going to find out whether or not that bag of chocolate is still sitting there on the boardwalk or not and uh i'm i'm mentally preparing myself to if it is there <clears throat> uh eat some of it in a celebratory manner and and enjoy the the stimulating effects it will have on me 
or in the event that it's not there, I'm preparing myself to um, to to feel good for to feel happy for whoever did take advantage of the chocolate, assuming that somebody did take advantage of it and eat some, and feel appreciative of my not partaking in that chocolate um, because I'm, I'm well aware that its stimulating effects will not be permanent and it will only kind of put off the my, my own experience of having to deal with the unpleasantness of my, my bodily s s sensations uh, you know, it, it'll just put off the, the crash. And not be especially healthy overall. And so, if it's not there, I can appreciate... I'll appreciate... I'll appreciate my um, not eating it. Which, it's, it's funny, it almost seems uh, like I'm... Like I'm engaging in positive thinking here um, that doesn't seem entirely realistic because I've I'm prepared to to think about the positive aspect of whichever scenario turns out to be the case you know if I if I plan to to be happy if it is there and eat it then logically then I should feel a uh, concordant unhappiness if it's not there or if I'm going to be happy that it's not there and thus it's not going that I won't have to uh, deal with the temptation of uh, of having to decide whether to eat it or not then I should uh, concordantly feel unhappy if it is there and uh, and I have to um, I have to decide whether or not to eat it and um, logically logically then I would I would pass it up um, so it seems that it seems that I'm maybe not thinking logically but I'm thinking positively Uh, and I wonder, I wonder if there is any logic in in positive thing. Isn't this where it was? I think this is where it was. Oh, here it is. It's here. At least the bag is. Oh, it's here. All right. So this is this is the uh, this is what happened. The chocolate is here. I mean, I haven't opened the bag. It's maybe it's possible that instead of chocolate in this bag somebody put like uh, I don't know what could this be like uh, like actual bark like actual tree bark feels like it could actually be a pieces of tree bark but nonetheless yeah it's it's it is actually chocolate And as I eat this chocolate, 
I'm quite aware. Oh, I'm gonna go down here. No, I'm not. There's people down here. I was just trying to avoid, avoid IRL people. <clears throat> As I eat this chocolate, I'm aware of a, a possible effect it might be having on you of a certain um, immediate immediate visceral envy or inciting desire to find and eat some chocolate yourself. And the logical part of my mind um, might feel some guilt about that. The part of my mind that um, would view this as an unhealthy activity and that would want to only promote healthy activity, healthy strategies for maintaining equilibrium. But another part of my mind maybe feels that this is not an unhealthy strategy. To take advantage of some chocolate that would most likely otherwise go to waste. I can still feel the vague pressure in my head. I'm distracted from it by this chocolate. It's a very pleasurable experience in my mouth. Very pleasurable mouth feeling. What's... Why is it so pleasurable? I'm, I'm attracted towards this sensation. And there's and, and a part of me is like uh, very conscious of of this moment going to end. The cho the chocolate is running out as we speak, and I'm about to take the last bite. That was it. That this is the last bite in my mouth. The last the last pleasurable experience of this moment and it's going to end very soon and then then I won't be experiencing pleasure anymore I'm you know I'm finished I finished swallowing the chocolate 
Maybe there's a few little remnants like stuck in my gums and teeth that, and like around my lips and stuff. They are kind of like start to collect with my tongue. But that that experience is is quickly, very quickly going away. And I'm curious to see how I feel afterwards. Like, am I am I gonna feel negativity uh, now? Or am I going to feel a boost in my energy level? Will, am I, am I waiting for the, the mild stimulating effects of the, of the cocoa and the sugar to, uh, to take, have an effect on my physiological state? I don't feel, I don't think I feel them yet. I don't feel them yet. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I do. I'm talking a little faster already. I wonder I wonder if just like <clears throat> knowing that I've just consumed some sh- some sugar and chocolate, I wonder if just knowing that um stimulates my body to start behaving more energetically and my mind to start acting more energy energetically. Perhaps even and in anticipation of this sugar entering my bloodstream, you know, knowing that that uh, the sugar will be entering my bloodstream and my brain, and also knowing <clears throat> that the uh, the small amount of caffeine and other s- similar compounds in the chocolate are going to extend the useful life of my of whatever adrenaline um, is is going through my blood right now I, I wonder if there's a certain bodily knowledge associated with the, the the sensation that I just had in my mouth that uh, <clears throat> that 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 triggers my body to start behaving um, in a more activative, more activated level, even before these these chemicals, even before these chemical reactions really take place in my brain. I mean, I imagine that by now, I imagine that the sugar has entered my bloodstream, and. I'm, I'm trying to determine if I, I'm trying to determine if I still feel the um, the pressure in my head or not. You know, it's it's questionable. It's questionable whether I f- feel um, the unpleasant feeling now, and the even the fact that it's questionable. Like maybe maybe I feel the head pressure, or may, maybe I don't. But the fact that it's questionable 
<clears throat> is is different than before when it was unquestionable. When, when I was definitely feeling uh, a, uh, a swelling in my or uh, pressure in my head. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know how much change there is in my physical state and emotional state. Oh yeah, I do, I do still feel the, I do still feel the pressure in my head. I just noticed it now. Even like a, a very mild throbbing very mild throbbing. I do still feel it. <clears throat> but I'm also I'm also behaving uh, more energetically. I I feel quite certain that if there were more chocolate in that bag, I would still be eating it. I'd continue to eat it. You know, just continuing that uh, that mouth mouth experience for longer. Why is it why is it so pleasurable? Maybe I mean uh, there's 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 of course the evolutionary theory. That I evolved as a human to to find uh, a neuro neurochemical reward in consuming calories. Does this mean? Does this mean that as long as I have this body, I'm going to be be subject to these neurochemical reward systems that uh, that don't seem um, perfectly that that seems somewhat uh, maladapted to the modern world. Seems that seems to be true. I don't know of a way to uh, to restructure that part of my brain, and I, I don't. I also don't know how how I, as a person, can restructure the modern world to be more in accordance with my neuro my my uh, neurotransmitters. Uh, such that it would be more conducive to a sustainable, healthy equilibrium. But uh, <coughs> I guess I guess I can uh, modify it. I can do what I can 
do as much as I can to modify my, uh, direct my behavior patterns to interface with the modern world in a way that that produces a relative equilibrium. Now I feel I feel I feel more positive than I did in um, in around the middle of the video for sure. And of course I wonder how different it would be if the chocolate had not been there. Or how different it would be if I had never eaten chocolate before in my life. But I suppose it's, it's perfectly all right to, to let go of these questions. Um, I still feel, I still feel the same, pretty much the same bodily sensations as I felt earlier on in the video, but uh, maybe an increase, increasing uh, tiredness in my legs and feet. <clears throat> and I'm also looking forward to to ending this video and returning home where I can uh, at, at the very least distract myself from any unpleasant physical sensations by eating dinner and uh, sitting down and and uh, And returning to to back to equilibrium to from 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 whatever disequilibrium I might be experiencing now, you know, it's uh, the idea of, of disequilibrium is, is also I I guess subjective and relative because you're you're always just the way that you are. I'm walking past an office furniture, office furniture warehouse, and I feel really, 
compelled to take a peek in this big construction dumpster. There's, um, hey, there's a couple of office chairs, two or three office chairs, some desktops, um, some old encyclopedia, and a, a bunch of broken pallets. Oh, there's a nice basket in there. I wonder if I have any use for that basket. Do I want that? I have, I have kind of a lot of baskets already. It seems I'm having trouble deciding because it it seems kind of nice, but then it's oh, there's another one. There's two of them. And then it's just another object. But boy, I could I could use a new office chair. <clears throat> I sure I don't want to carry it home. I don't want to carry it home, but I could come come back here later. I wonder if I'll I'll discover something broken about those office chairs. I'm really, uh, this is, I'm wondering, wondering what's, what's, what's separating this from normal life now. <clears throat> like how, how I'm differentiating what I'm doing from just my normal everyday life and, uh, how I'm performing, how I'm making a video. How how am I how am I making this a video? How am I creating content, or am I just am I just living? Which would imply that I'm not putting putting work into the video. It's gonna end soon. The, the memory card the memory card's gonna fill up at any point now. I think. So I might want to. Uh, end the video intentionally you know what I can what I can actually do I I can't I can't look at the video camera and and it won't tell me now how much space is left on the card but if I stop this video <clears throat> recording then it'll tell me how much space is left so what I can do is make a provisional ending and and then stop the recording 